I can't lead a team. I don't know how to lead a team. I don't know what it means to lead a team. I don't know what I'm going to do if something goes wrong. And this, this, this huge fear and this sort of build up in your head of all the reasons that you can't be a leader just because you haven't done it before. And it's funny because I feel like there's a lot of things as business owners that we haven't done before that we have no fear about. We just jump in there and we figure it out, don't we? But something around leading a team often just take something just ping something off in people's brains that makes them feel very insecure that they're not able to do this welcome to scaling simplified a weekly conversation diving into our knowledge of teams finance strategies and startups to help you scale to seven figures and keep your freedom i'm pip and i'm georgia and between us we have over 20 years of experience in big corporates and small startups to share with you let's dive in Hello and welcome back to another episode of Scaling Simplified and today we are talking about a really hot topic which I think is one of those topics which is talked about a lot behind the scenes but very rarely out in the real world, I say in the real world, in the wild world of social media and that's really about what do you do if you want to scale your business and grow your business but ultimately you just don't want to lead a team you just want to stay doing the things that you did when you started to grow your business but you know that you're ready to take your business to the next level and I can't wait to dive into this because as I said it's one of those conversations I've had a lot and no one is talking about it and I have no idea why no one's talking about it I totally agree. I love this topic. And I want to start by saying, firstly, if you are also thinking, I want to scale my business, but I don't really want to lead a team, it's way more common than you think. I can't tell you how many business owners come to me because they know they need to scale, and that, but they're resisting hiring because they're so worried about leading a team. And I completely get that. And for anybody that has ever worked within a kind of corporate business, I think we've seen that as you get promoted up the business, your promotion is often to start managing people. And very rarely is there any good training on now that we've moved you up to to manage this team, we're going to give you all this training and show you how to do it so you can do it in the best way and, and really get the most from your team and feel like it's an improvement of your working environment. That literally never happens. You kind of get promoted and they're like, right, here's your team, particularly in recruitment. I used to see this so often. So imagine you are really good at sales. You're great at making money. Your time is very much commissioned based. So anything you're putting time into, you're putting time into it because you're going to get a commission back from the sale. Now you get promoted and suddenly you've got somewhere between four and six newer recruitment consultants that you have to manage, some of whom are not necessarily great at recruitment, so need quite a lot of handholding. And suddenly, like 40% of your time is going into managing your team. So now you've only got 60% of your time that's making you commission. So you kind of feel like not only has your salary dropped, but also your enjoyment of the role has dropped because you're not like the big dog that's good at sales anymore, having a fun time. You're actually kind of hand-holding this team. So I think 
there's so much around managing a team that just feels stressful, overwhelming, and that we don't really want to sign up with. Would you agree, Pip? 100%. And I think also as entrepreneurs, we often have made the decision to not work in corporate for a reason. Often the red tape and all the sort of team dynamics and the management side of things are not necessarily the reason that people decide to, to work for themselves. But often as entrepreneurs, we're, we're quite driven different types of people. And managing a team usually wasn't that top of the list thing you wanted to do when you left school, right? So often I think we have all these preconceptions around team and leading and actually it's not it's not in line with our zone of genius and so I think it's time that we think about this differently yeah I agree because the other thing we I think we do is we jump to the worst case scenario we think about managing a team and we're thinking about those team members that are dragging their feet not meeting expectations that we're having to cajole every day to get done what we need them to get done. We're not thinking about business bestie, partner in crime, somebody that's totally on our wavelength, absolutely understands what we're doing and is making our life so much easier. So I imagine the first thing, well, I know the first people need thing people, I know the first thing that people need to think about is why are you feeling resistant to leading a team? Like, what is this image that's coming up in your head of leading a team that's making you so fearful? And I think so much of us not scaling or not bringing people in is because of these kind of beliefs we have around it. Like, where are they coming from? What are we actually imagining? What is this worst case scenario that we're coming across? So a couple of the things that might be coming up for you when you start to think about this is probably around the time commitment, you know, like leading a team often takes quite a lot of your time or we think it's going to. And if you're a, a business owner that's already juggling a million things and you're bringing in this team to save you time, the idea that it might take you more time, take up more of your time managing this team or having to teach them about your business or download everything that's in your head so that they can actually get started, that time commitment is going to be a hugely off-putting factor in the first instance. So... It's really thinking, okay, is this is this the big red flag for me right now? And then the second big red flag might be around, okay, I could maybe get past that if I knew they were going to be helpful. But where am I even going to find this person? Like, where do I look? Like, how do I even start with finding this person and hiring them? And then once I've got them, then what do I do? Like, my operations are a mess, you know? Like, I've been doing this on my own. I've got Google files all over the place, like six different apps that I've bought and tried out over time. I know where all the information is, but how am I going to give that to somebody else? And, like, how do I even get the resources in place to, to do that? Like, I'm not somebody that can hire and train other people. I know I'm not patient in that way, for example. I've actually got some amazing clients that I work with that have some like really strong ADHD. So their brains, I mean, are incredible, work at lightning speed. The idea of slowing that down to explain instructions to someone else is kind of like some fresh kind of torture that I might be suggesting. So 
I think then it comes back to like a bit of an internal decision, doesn't it? It's like, am I somebody that could slow things down and explain to somebody else? Am I somebody that likes to train somebody up in something? Do I like to see someone learning and getting better at something they want to do? Or be honest with yourself, is this actually so far out of my zone of genius that that's what's putting me off from bringing in a team and leading a team? Most common objections I get when we talk about hiring with my clients is I don't have time to hire. I'm so busy. I don't have time to hire, let alone train somebody up and then manage them. And then the other side of that is, and I think this is a genuine worry for a lot of people, especially in the economic climate that we're in can I afford it? What happens if business isn't quite as good as it has been? What are the hidden costs of employing someone? Or should I get a contractor? And all the financial questions, what happens if somebody's sick? What do I have to pay them? Can I afford to do it? And I think there's a lot of people often get into this sort of cycle of I can't afford to do this. And I don't know what I would do if something's wrong. And that real feeling of responsibility that if you hire somebody, that you're then responsibility for for paying them every month. And and I think that puts people off off a lot of the time because they don't want that additional financial pressure when it comes to running your business to then have the additional financial pressure of knowing that you paying somebody is paying their mortgage or paying their rent and you're responsible for that. So I think that is a very valid, normal thought to have and definitely something that you can get through by looking through your finances. But I think it is something that really puts people off when it comes to hiring is that the financial burden that that it's, you know, taking on a new person takes. And I think often we that thought comes up straight away, I can't even afford it, or can I afford it? No, I can't afford it. And you've shelved it straight away. But I think we've talked in some, some other episodes and we're gonna go into some more detail around that. But the main thing like all of this is recognize that that's the barrier and think to yourself, what do I need to know to get past that financial bit? Like, what could I look at within my figures or who could I ask that would make me feel a bit more comfortable to explore this in a bit more depth rather than just dismissing it straight away. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I think with all of these things, it's that recognition, isn't it? It's what is the thing that's really stopping me? I think another thing when it comes to this is there's the fear of what happens if something goes wrong or an employee's upset or there's conflict in the team or you have to provide negative feedback to somebody because they've not been doing a good job. And maybe that's something that you sit with and you think, I just don't ever want to put myself in a position where I have to give constructive feedback to somebody because they're not doing a good enough job. That just doesn't feel like something I want to be doing or I'm capable of doing. And so I think, again, the fear of what happens if something goes wrong often stops us from taking that first step and bringing somebody into the team. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of links into that whole idea of losing control. You know, there's so many things that could come up within the team management that feel out of your control. You can't predict what's going to happen. And that can be the same with handing over responsibility of certain areas of the business, because let's face it, some of us are complete control freaks. And we all have varying levels of control freakishness within our business, depending actually on the area of the business there's actually certain areas of the business that are not my zone of genius that 
I would really happily hand over control of. And there are other areas that are kind of lukewarm. You could persuade me. If it was the right person, I could definitely be persuaded to give that across. So if you're feeling that resistance in terms of I would lose control of the finished product, again, recognizing, is that the issue? And then we can start to think about ways to, to get past that. Because actually, if you start thinking, okay, it's it's losing control, what is it that losing control will lead to? It loses to the loss of value to the client. It loses, it means that this product is not to this standard. Okay, well, what makes it that standard? And then you can actually start to keep control without being in everything, but I'm digressing. So control is definitely a big thing. So if you are noticing that you feel like a bit of a control freak, this is gonna be the hardest bit for you to work past, but 100% worth it because if you don't, this is when you're leading towards burnout. If you need to be in everything and control everything, we, we could be leading to much bigger problems down the line. And with that control is kind of this idea of worried that people are going to make mistakes, like take the wrong decision, do things that could harm the business, you know, and you could make mistakes within the business. And then the knock on effect of these people whose livelihoods are dependent on you, you know, there's so much fear there. But I also think there's so many things that we can fear within our businesses that it can't be a reason that we let it stop us. And again, there are there are limits that you can put in in terms of most of the things that you trust your employees with are not going to be business breaking decisions. You know, I don't think you're ever going to get to that level with if if you set it all up right. But that's another thing that you might be worried about, that fear of mistakes. But again, there's so many different ways we can mitigate the risk of that. Yeah. And I think that ties in really with worrying that people might not be a good cultural fit for the business and that their values may not align with your values and the business values. And I think that's where the fear that people get, you know, say somebody, you've got somebody doing social media that they put out a post which has maybe something, a political connotation or says the wrong thing and upsets people or does something that doesn't quite fit with how you would approach something or they respond to a customer query in a way that you're like, this doesn't align with how I view the business and the values. And of course, these are all things that you can mitigate. You can put all these things in place to stop this from happening. But I think especially with like cancel culture, people feel very conscious about bringing somebody on to represent them because they're just concerned that they won't fully understand your personal and the business's approach to how it's doing everything in the values and cultures that you're trying to cultivate. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, again, that's, it's all going to come back to what we talk to later on. But if you can identify that this is the thing you're worried about, then as you bring the team in, you can make sure you're focusing on this not becoming a problem, you know, mitigating for it in the first place. So this these list of concerns that we have for you, and more so you can say, yeah, do you know what? That is my big concern. That's the thing I'm most worried about, one of the top five, and that's what I need to think about and prepare for as I bring people on board. I think another thing as well, and this is definitely something that, you know, as a younger entrepreneur and working with younger entrepreneurs, I see a lot is a fear about a lack of leadership experience and uh, the worry that I've never managed a team before, possibly, you know, and I really see this in my clients who started a business straight out of school and, and never went and worked in a business or in corporate the fear of, I can't lead a team. I don't know how to lead a team. 
I don't know what it means to lead a team. I don't know what I'm going to do if something goes wrong. And this, this, this huge fear and this sort of build up in your head of all the reasons that you can't be a leader just because you haven't done it before. And it's funny because I feel like there's a lot of things as business owners that we haven't done before that we have no fear about. We just jump in there and we figure it out, don't we? But something around leading a team often just take something, just ping something off in people's brains that makes them feel very insecure that they're not able to do this. So again, it's recognizing, is it the the, the lack of experience you've got? Is that the thing that's making you question whether you can lead a team or whether you want to lead a team? Is it because you haven't proven that you've done it before rather than all the other things that we've talked about, which is that big, that big block that's stopping you from hiring your next team member? Interrupting our own episode to bring you the exciting news of brand new Scaling Simplified VIP days. If you are ready to simplify scaling to seven figures, this is the day for you. Together, we will deep dive into your team, finance and operations so that we can create your bespoke step-by-step scaling strategy. For more information, check out the link in the show notes. I'm not going to lie, like, like leading a team can be quite complex and there are definitely certain aspects you really need to get right um, and ways that you want to interact with your team. And I think also the other issue some of the business owners I work with go through is actually, yeah, we are quite confident as entrepreneurs to try things out and to get out there. And I do think people have just gone for it, hired, kind of a bit last minute, not really given it the proper thought thought, you know what, I'm a pretty good people person, this is going to be fine. And it hasn't been, you know, for various reasons, they haven't hired the right person. There's been a few sort of sticky issues, things haven't quite gone to plan. And then rather than with everything else that we do as an entrepreneur go, okay, so this did not go to plan. What can I do to make it better? What can I learn? We almost just step right back and go, I can't do it. It's not for me. And I equally think, you know, you might have brought on a team and be thinking, yeah, you know, they've made a bit of a difference, but it's not life changing. And perhaps it's because you haven't really expanded on those leadership skills, really learn how to make the most of the team, how to encourage your team, how to get them to show you what they're capable of and take more ownership than you ever expected they could. So it's really that that leadership experience expands even more, doesn't it? Like the different mm-hmm. levels people have done, which also I think means that we can become quite resistant to change. So if you've tried it once and it didn't work, you're like, Do you know, what? I'm going to stick with what I've got. I'm kind of happy. Everything's a bit under control. It's fairly predictable. I'm stressed as, but you know, I I can I can manage this. You know, it's doable. I don't want to go through that again. It's like actually. It's not, if done right, it's not going to disrupt your week or your month or your year. It's going to make it so much better. And all those big goals and plans that you've got can actually start to happen. So I think really it's looking at those those different concerns that you might have and thinking, do you know, what is it that I'm really resisting here? What is making me really worried in terms of bringing that team and leading that team? Because as we said, it's really common not to want to lead a team and there's different ways that we can actually start to go about this. Yeah. And I think it's also, as you say, it's not dismissing something you've already tried as entrepreneurs. 
we fail fast, right? We try stuff out, we learn our lessons and we move on. And sometimes we learn the lesson, but we don't actually learn the right lesson. We learn the lesson that didn't work for me. So you just knock it off the list of possible options. And actually when it comes to team, it's something that in my experience, you have to slow down a little bit more on. You you can't do it the same speed that you do other things. And that's quite hard as an entrepreneur, like marketing and things, you wanna be changing constantly to make sure that you're ahead of trends and you know, you're know you're getting the products out to people as quickly as possible. But when it comes to team, you have to learn to slow down. And I think taking this time to reflect on what has worked, what has not worked, why you're having resistance about something, what is it that's stopping you from doing it or maybe what is it that has then made you dismiss something maybe you've tried and then you go oh well I don't have time for it and actually time wasn't the thing that's stopping you it was something else but you've kind of dismissed the time piece so I think taking that time is really important but Georgia I would love to explore why it's so important to do this and why we don't just do the classic thing oh well it's fine you know I'm used to working hard I'll just keep going as it is and you know we'll just get there through sheer hard work and work and determination oh my god for so many reasons but the main reason is we want you to enjoy your business we want you to love the work that you're doing you didn't set up this business that you are putting all your time and energy in to waste all your time and energy in life you know and not have those other hobbies like you all know that Pip and I love to do other things outside of our business and we want that for you too so If you want to enjoy your business, if you want to work in the areas that really motivate you, if you want to spend your time where your talent is, the bits that you're really freaking good at, that your clients come to you for, that light you up, that you feel amazing when you can deliver those results to your clients, like if you want to build all of that, then you have. You have to start building a team and bringing in that expertise that you can hand over to your clients. So wanting all of these things, wanting to spend time in the areas that you love and that you're good at sometimes feels like it goes against leading a team. But actually, the team is what's going to enable you to do that, because without them, you have to spread yourself too thinly. So it's that kind of slow down a tiny bit to get into the areas that you really want to be in going forward. Okay, so I love this because I I completely agree with you. And I think there'll be a lot of people resonating with this feeling that they know deep down that they need a team and they need help because I've had so many of these conversations, but there's something that's stopping them. And so they just, they do this cycle of working really hard, burning out, hiring somebody doesn't work out and 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 we need to break this cycle and make it work but say that we've we've gone through all of these various blocks or various things that might be putting us off leading a team and we've come to the realization actually maybe I don't want my job in the business to be leading a massive team what can we do and how can we build a business that actually allows us to keep in our zone of genius but gives us the foundations that we need in order to be not only able to scale the business, but also to be able to just balance work and life. And as you say, enjoy running our business. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So it always comes back to really thinking about who you're hiring into your team. So getting that clarity in the first instance. So I want us to think, okay, there's absolutely no rules 
It's our business. We can do this however we want. We don't have to fall into any preconceptions that, you know, as a, a business owner, we need to be a people person. We have to be a people manager. We don't have to comply with any of that if we don't want to. So the first thing we want to understand is what do you need to know when you're looking for the who to feel confident in the people that you're bringing into your team? What's really, really important to you? And then secondly, is to think about what are the bits that you don't want to get involved in, in terms of managing that team? Well, in terms of the business, obviously, to recruit that person, but then in terms of managing the team, what don't you want to do? For example, the thought of a weekly team meeting might make you want to poke your eyes out, or the thought of having to get involved in the onboarding and training, or the thought of having to relay every project or check in on timelines. Like, what are the bits that you're really resisting? So really start to understand that. And then we're trying to think about what are we trying to build within our business? So the most important thing is we're bringing people into the business and creating an environment of trust, okay? So you are confident that you trust the person you are hiring to take control of an outcome in your business, okay? So... We are stepping away from this element of the business that we don't want to do because we want to protect our energy and put it into the bits of the business we do want to do. So to do that, we need to trust that the person we're bringing in is capable of this. And that's all part of the hiring process that we would go into. But we're also confident that we are going to give them the outcome that they are trying to achieve. So let's have an example. So you ask one of your team to put on an event. So as a business owner, you've brought in a team member and you say to them, okay, I want you to put this event on and you're going to sit down and you're going to run through that that, that event. You're like, okay, so it's going to be, we're going to do it at this venue. It's for this. This is sort of why we're doing it. Come back to me with quotes and, and anything you need me to sign off and, and kind of let me know what you need. So you've sort of asked one of that team to do it and they're going to come back to you and say, okay, so I found like these venues that could be good and maybe we could have this many people and this is the potential menu and what do you think about giving them this gift and all the rest of it. So already I'm feeling a bit stressed about this event that I'm not even running, <laughs> but I'm already thinking about all these questions that are going to come back to me about this event. So the other way you could go about this is you can hire your team member based on the outcome that you're trying to deliver. So you are hiring this team member because you want them to bring in new clients to your business via a mixture of events, public speaking opportunities, anything like that. You're going to set some clear guidelines about what you will and won't say yes to. So yes, I will go and speak at a corporate business of up to 100 people on any weekday, but never evenings. I would put together events that are networking events, whatever the list is, you know, so you're making it really clear what you want that person coming into your business to do. You're saying, we want to bring in new clients. This is how I want you to do it. And you've got permission to organize anything like this. Yeah, I love that. I think that, and, and also a part of that is understanding that outcome and linking that outcome to a KPI, which then links to the performance of that employee or that person that you've hired. I think 
if somebody is really clear in what the final outcome is, it makes their job so much easier. And I've definitely done this in the past when I've given a, a task very like strategically. It's like, do this, then this, then this, then this. But if I haven't clearly enough said, the reason we're doing this and ultimately all I want from this exercise is for this to happen. Actually, the way I do it may not align completely at all with the way in which somebody else does it. And they might have a much better way of doing it or a far more creative way of doing it or bring entirely new ideas to the table. And I'm making sure that I'm then going to have to micromanage this the whole way through and force somebody through my way of doing something, which quite frankly is stressful and a waste of my time. But also it stops that person from feeling like they're good at the job because they're trying to do something, but they're trying to do it in exactly your way as the manager. And that's not a pleasant experience to be there. We've all been, you know, micromanaged by somebody before and you you never feel good and like you're, you're actually good at your role because you feel like you're constantly failing. So instead, if you really make it clear what that is and you can say, you know, this is the budget and this is how much revenue I want to bring in through, you know, this number of new clients or this new product line or whatever it might be for your business. And as you say, these are things I am willing to do. These are things I'm not willing to do. Or this is how much time I can dedicate to this. Everything else is for the team to figure out. And you can figure out, you know, with the X number of hours I've given to you, what you want me as the business owner to do with that time. I think it just take so much pressure off you and really allows your team to shine. And that autonomy that you give them brings, you know, it comes back to what we've talked about before. It gives them job satisfaction because they can actually go and do something and probably do it far better than if you've done it yourself. But it's been really clear in terms of this is my budget. This is my time. Here are the company values. Always work within the company values. I trust that you can understand what this value means because you will have talked and you'll have done that training and onboarding and that you will figure out what that means for the business. And then, you know, you can always come back afterwards and go, this was great, great, great. Next time, maybe we'll tweak this element of it. This wasn't quite aligned or quite how I thought it was going to be, but that's fine. That's a lesson learned. You, you've then learned the lesson and you can move forward. But if you try and control it all from the beginning, that is a fast track to burn out you, burn out staff and not any form of progress forward because you you now two of you are working or three of you are working twice as hard to get the same outcome which to me just seems completely pointless I'm sitting here like nodding my head like one of those like dogs that sit in the back of the car <laughs> it's so true I mean the experience is like black and white isn't it it's completely different you can either sit down plan the whole event with your team member give them the whole outline get them coming back to you with every little thing that needs to be decided or you can just hire someone because you like the events that they've put on you understand their organizational skills you give them a really clear outcome we want to increase client sales through events by x amount or to the value of go away plan put together a plan plan it all for me bring it back to me for me to sign off and go great work let's do it like it's a completely different experience I think when we're thinking about leading the team like and our resistance to leading a team, firstly, what is your blocker? What's that thing that is stopping you? What's holding you back? And then we can start to think about how we can do that differently. And I think we might lead into that in a whole second part of this episode because there's so much to cover here. But we've got, I want you to, in the meantime, Think about what's your blocker, like what's stopping you from wanting to lead a team. And then we're going to get into how do you get past that? 
Thank you for listening to Scaling Simplified with me, Pip Harland. And me, Georgia Fitzgerald. If you've loved this episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We love it when you get in touch. So head to the show notes and drop us a DM or send us an email. We want to hear all about your business.